For today's kernel, I'm popping back into the Apple podcast reviews you've all been leaving me. I really appreciate that. This one comes from Mary in PDX. I love Portland, by the way, Mary. That was one of the last places we got to visit before the pandemic shut everything down. So I hope you're doing well up there. Mary wrote, I love Chris's approach to personal finance. It's easy to listen to and he brings in great guests. I always find at least one nugget every episode. So thanks, Mary, so much for the kind words. And I hope you enjoy today's guest. This is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance in about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. And today we're going to talk about a topic that I, I'm personally not that familiar with at all. I've gotten some questions about this and I have sent people links to some sites that I've gotten recommendations for to kind of help them through their, their journey of looking into the topic of ethical investing. But for me personally, I'm not comfortable just sending people to random sites. I want to learn more about this myself. So I'm very excited to have Kenzie Grant joining me today. Kenzie is the host of one of my new favorite podcasts, Business Casual, and you cover all kinds of amazing topics, Kenzie. So I appreciate you hopping on the show. Well, thank you so much for having me, Chris. I'm excited to be here. No, thank you. Appreciate you taking some of your time out of your, your Saturday. We're recording on the weekend here. So I always appreciate anyone who's willing to give up a few minutes of their weekend yeah. to talk with me. Podcasting is a 24-7, 365 kind of thing for me. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time, all the time. So I, I put out a, a, a question out on Instagram and I wanted to, people to tell me, what are your questions when it comes to ethical investing? Because I want to know what people, what are they thinking about? Got a, a lot of really great questions. And I just wanted to dive into a few of them here with you. And a lot of them really were, were focused on this first question here. I think most people just want to know, what is ethical investing? It's a really strange term. What does it really mean? Two people who I'll give a shout out, um, Amadou 11FB and Debt Free in West LA, they wanted to know what is considered ethical investing. And then just to, uh, not to make this question too complicated, just tackle another, another little detail on here. Debt Free in West LA added that one company, they, for example, could have ethical internal policies, but then someone could be engaging in like maybe something not necessarily maybe illegal, but not uh, something you would consider ethical uh, in their business practices. So we just want to kind of get an understanding of what is ethical investing and, and what is it? What do you consider ethical when it comes to a company's practices? All right, let's do it. So ethical investing is a, a thing that goes by many names. We can call it ethical investing. We can call it investing with impact. A lot of people call it ESG investing, which stands for environmental, social and governance investing. But basically what ethical investing is, is the ultimate means of voting with your dollars. So we say voting with our dollars. We support the companies that we think deserve our support. If we have morals and standards and values, we want to use our dollars to support companies with similar morals and standards and, and values. When it comes to investing in those companies, to me, that goes even a step further than buying goods and services from companies that we support morally. This is really putting your money where your mouth is, actually trying to own part of the company that you think is doing the right thing. What that right thing is can vary tremendously. There are all sorts of different sort of ethical, moral values that we have here when we talk about ethical investing. It can be racial diversity. It can be gender diversity. It can be a, a commitment to carbon neutrality. It can be really any number of things. But what it means is that you have a, a stance that you want to take and you think that this company that you own a piece of it, that you own stock in, mm -hmm. is supporting those same values. They have the same end goal in mind, whatever that goal might be. 
the way that it, it plays out can be very different. You can invest directly in the companies that you support. You can invest in mutual funds and ETFs. A lot of ETF products these days are really focused on ethical investing and investing with impact because it's now kind of a mainstream thing. A couple of decades ago, ethical investing used to be this big question mark that was kind of for the, the rich family funds that had the means of spending money on companies that really deserved it. But now yeah. this is the norm because we have evidence that suggests companies that are run ethic ethically, companies that have morals and standards actually can outperform companies that do not. There is no evidence to suggest that you're leaving money on the table by investing to invest with impact. You know, that's, that's really interesting that you brought that up because I've, I've heard that as well. It's, there's concern over, OK, I know these major organizations and I know this traditionally people would invest their money here. Can I get the same return or am I missing out on something or is this my way of sacrificing for the good by investing ethically? But you're saying that you, you're not necessarily going to have to take a, a cut in your return just to invest in companies you believe in. Right. Short answer is no, you do not have to take a cut in anything that you would get back by investing in companies you believe in. There are reports all the time. One of the most widely cited is from McKinsey. They do a report just about every year that compares returns of publicly traded companies that prioritize diversity within their top ranks. And time after time, year after year, we see that companies that do promote diversity within the top ranks of their, com- of their you know, corporations and the way that they're structured consistently outperform companies that do not. They just do better. They make more money. Their bottom lines are stronger because causation correlation, we can, we can discuss that. But you know, because they, they prioritize diversity and they have values, they actually end up doing better than companies that do not. Oh, that's, that's interesting. And it makes sense because you just have a diversity of experiences, opinions, backgrounds mm-hmm. that can all feed into how you run an organization. So I think that makes complete sense. Right. And to answer the, the question that you brought up at the beginning here about whether or not you, you know, is it the people who are running the company? Is it that the company has ethics and standards to begin with? To me, it has to be both. You have to recognize when you want to invest with impact that you have to invest beyond just the PR fluff. There's always going to be, you know, Amazon can say until it's blue in the face that it wants to be carbon neutral by, I believe it's 2040 or something. I don't know. Don't cite me on that one. <laughs> but they can say they, they prioritize carbon neutrality. But until you actually see that happening and you see the leaders at the company ensuring that it does happen and being held accountable to make sure that that does happen, it doesn't matter. You know, you, you have to take them kind of with the uh, grain of salt together. The, the people who are running the company are the ones who are going to decide if that company stays true to the values that it espouses in the public sphere. Yeah. And I, I think what makes this difficult is that uh, often I think this comes with like in all areas of our lives you want to do what's right, but it is going to be a little more work in order to make that decision. Because like you said, you can't just go based off of the latest commercial that the, the company you, you're thinking of investing in put out about all the great things they're doing. It's you're going to have to look a little bit deeper. And, and that, that does take more time and more work and effort. Yeah, absolutely. You definitely have to do a little more diligence if you want to invest with impact and really do something with that impact investing. Um, you know, often if you are directly investing in one specific company with the and goal of investing with impact, you have to do your more research. You have to you have to figure out what the standards you want to hold that company to exactly are, because it's a little more difficult and a little more nuanced than just saying, I want, you know, this ROI by this year or you know, this PD ratio by this year. It's a little bit more nuanced than that. OK, just opening the microwave really quickly here, because Kenzie mentioned two terms that we didn't have time to go into more detail on during the actual episode. She mentioned ROI and P.E. ratio. 
Okay, so the first one, ROI, that stands for return on investment. And this is a way of looking at how much money did you make on your investment? How much did you get in return for the money you put in? So if you invested $10 and now you have $20, your money has doubled or grown by 100%. So your return on investment is 100%. For PE ratio, this can get a little more complicated <laughs> in how it's used, but it stands for price to earnings ratio. And this is a ratio that looks at the current price of a stock compared to its earnings per share. And earnings per share is just how much money did this company make divided by all the shares that they have out there available. They look at those two things compared to each other. And this is one of the many tools that they use to evaluate stocks. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's, it's just a little more effort, which mm -hmm. I think anything worthwhile does take a little more, more Absolutely. work. Absolutely. Kinsey, I wanted to leave you with this one final question I got in. This is from Deborah's underscore dabbles on Instagram. I, love, I just really like that Instagram handle. I gotta... That's a great one. <laughs> Very good. Her question was, what specific ethical mutual funds are there or that you can recommend? So I know this is not our place to give specific investment advice. So Deborah, we, I really appreciate the question, but we can't give you exact investment advice. But Kenzie, what are some places or things that people can look into if they want to start looking into some ethical investing options? Sure. So I would say number one, there are tons of databases and sources of information out there. If you're looking to understand more about ESG investing, investing with impact, all it takes is a quick Google, plenty of reputable resources too. But I think, you know, after you, you realize and you, you read as much as you can and you understand what ethical investing means, you listen to this podcast every night before you go to bed, but <laughs> you, you first have to realize what change you want to focus on because it's really hard to just say, I want to be an impact investor. Mm. I think it's really important to figure out what you care most about, what you want to change about the business or finance world around you. Once you figure that out, think about how you can measure that. Can you measure it with a number? Is this something that you can find in an SEC filing? Or is this something that's a little more difficult to, to capture, but is just as important to, to recognize? And then you can find a fund that supports those values and has those same standards of measurement uh, that you might prioritize yourself if you were just you know, running a, a direct investment on your own. There are plenty of, like I said, ETFs and, and mutual funds, even on some of these uh, investing apps. I have used Public before, and Public has an entire section of its app that is dedicated to investment options that are geared toward one specific agenda item or another. They have women-run businesses. They have businesses that are owned by Black people. They have uh, you know, environmentally-minded businesses that are trying to change the world around them. And and it makes it really easy. All you have to do is basically click a button and you know, anybody who uses Robinhood or Public or any of these apps knows how easy <laughs> sometimes to a fault it is to, to spend money on them. So just go out there and, and do some smart searches. And more likely than not, I would say there is some sort of investment vehicle for whatever your end game is. No, that's great advice, especially because everyone's gonna have a different priority on what they want to focus on when it comes to having an impact in their in the country in their uh sectors that they they work in it's gonna take a little work do a little research but mm -hmm. you can look in and focus on what is important to you and you can put your money there and help vote with your dollars absolutely kenzie thank you so much for joining me here and making me feel a little bit more comfortable with this topic it's great to understand a little bit more and, and hear your perspective on this 
But I do have one more question I want to ask you. Okay. What is going on over at Business Casual right now? What are you excited about? What's coming up? What can people look forward to? I am excited about a lot with Business Casual right now. I would say number one, we are launching a newsletter. It's going to be an op-ed column that I write every week, comes out every Sunday. Uh, and it basically, the goal is to get people excited for the week ahead in Business Casual with some sort of a hot take and a, a look at who our guests are going to be that week. If you're interested, it's businesscasual.fm slash sign up. But a couple episodes I'm really excited about, definitely the episode we have coming up about the birth bust. I find this endlessly intriguing that people are having fewer babies and that not only just means fewer babies, that means huge economic repercussions for decades to come. It's something that we've watched happen in Japan and the same kind of thing is starting to play out here in the United States and I am so excited for people to hear them there. It's going to be very intriguing podcasting. <laughs> Ooh, I'm definitely going to make sure I listen to that one. That's what I really love about Business Casual. It's not just here's what to do with your, your money. It's it, You're getting into some really fascinating topics that I, I, I love hearing about. We get to talk about just about everything. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Kinsey, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking some time to join me here and uh, being on the show. And I'll make sure I put links to how people can go and listen to Business Casual and check out all you have going on in the show notes. Well, thank you so much, Chris. We are big fans and it was a pleasure to join you. I appreciate it. Oh, and also huge shout out to Marilyn, who's been listening to Popcorn Finance, who connected us and the reason why Kinsey's on the show. So Marilyn, thank you so much. And Kinsey, appreciate the time. Thanks, Chris. Your boy, keep it popping like Mary Poppins.